To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three And if the pins ain't from them Don't bring them to me Cause I go off like a rocket launcher Man, I just ain't the beat I'm a real monster I can hear the crowd chanting MVP That's my mantra Here's a standing on For the opinionated bench warmers What's up fellas? How y'all doing man? Bro, we got to start over, bro. You ain't bring no energy with that, man. That was so generic, bro. Uh, w- welcome to the Opinionated Bench Warmers podcast. Come on, man. <laughs> bring it, man. <laughs> bro, bring it every episode. Oh, so you going to make seats? Opinionated Bench Warmers podcast episode 63. The Opinionated Bench Warmers is back with some sports talk. I got my brothers with me as always, Carlos and Ramon. How you feeling up there, Los? Feeling good, man. Feeling great. Playoffs start tomorrow. We recording today on a Sunday. I'm ready to rock this thing. I'm sorry, I got to start off. I got it on. Bruh. Bruh, you know how long <laughs> it took me to come up with that? <laughs> he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna kill him with this. I'm gonna kill him with this one." All right, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go. Oh, he kicks it with this. All right. Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers podcast, episode 63. The Opinionated Benchwarmers are back. With some more sports talk, I got my brothers with me as always. How's it going up there, Los? Good. <laughs> really? <laughs> All right, man, I'm ready. I'm ready for real now. Come on, man. Hey, bro. Oh, man. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good, bro. Just you like Los. No, no, man. <laughs> I was ready to keep No. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. Bro, that was malicious, bro. You want to do the same thing? Just because I got it right that time, you want to do the same thing to me? That's messed up. <laughs> I should have kept it. <laughs> Welcome to the Opinionated Bitch Warmers Podcast, episode 63. Your opinion, opinionated. All right, one more time, bro. This is going to be a bad episode. <laughs> you can't even get through the intro. Take 18. I'm keeping whatever comes out. We're not starting over. All right. Good old Peanated Benchwarmers podcast, episode 63. Your Peanated Benchwarmers are back with another edition of Sports Talk. I got my brothers with me as always. What's happening, fellas? What's up, Los? How you doing up there, man? Man, just always happy to rock with y'all, man. It's Sunday. Basketball playoffs start tomorrow. You know, we're recording, obviously, today. Uh, I'm just ready to see it, man. We've been waiting a long time to see some competitive basketball. Now we got all starters coming back, players to be all all in now. Let's see who's going to win it. There's no true number one seed. I'm ready to rock this thing. Man, Lois, you coming with that energy, bro. You coming with that energy today, bro. I'm, I'm trying to match your energy level, but I'm feeling the same way, man. I'm ready for it to get rocking. I'm ready for us to see these games, man. Each and every day seeing playoff basketball, bro. Do you know how long it's been 
since we didn't had this type of excitement, man. So I, I'm ready to see you uh, get rolling as well, man. It's Let's been six it. years exactly as Lakers fans since we've experienced some playoff action. So I'm really waiting on Tuesday night when we play the Blazers. Unfortunately, we will be playing the Blazers in that AC, but we'll get to that a little later. But I just wanted to kind of start off with y'all on y'all thoughts about the bubble in general. Would you label it a success so far? Oh, 100%. It's 100% been a success. Just like we talked about episodes ago, the NBA has the best leadership, like the best commissioner in sports. And honestly, to me, it's not even close. And so you've seen everything has really gone well. You haven't had positive cases popping up. I feel like the the entertainment value of what they put up put out has been as good as it can potentially be um, without the live fans and so forth and so on. They've had standing up for the social justice issues and all that kind of stuff like that. So as a whole, the impact that the league has had and the way that everything has gone, man, the, the play-in game, all that, the bubble has been a success, man. Right, man. Maybe America can take some tips from, you know, Adam Silver and what he's done with the league. And, you know, obviously when the, 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 the virus don't have nowhere to go, it dies. It, it, you know, and it, as you can see, they had no cases there. So you have to love what the NBA is doing. Now they're going to give these players an opportunity to start seeing their families as these teams are leaving. So they're going to keep around the same amount of people there. But now some of these teams that didn't make the playoffs are going home. And now you're going to get these players get an opportunity to see their family, see their loved ones, see their girlfriends, see their wives. So we might get some better basketball because of that. <laughs> you're not making that uh, Stephen A. illusion. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a terrible right. segment. <laughs> <laughs> what trying to do about conjugal visits. It was very yeah. <laughs> All right, Stephen. I know they paying you the big bucks up there, but <laughs> right. you know, out of hand. But anyway, I do think it was a success. I don't have to piggyback off anything you guys said there. Now that we've arrived, you know, let's not get too far ahead. We have we have seen some great performances by some players in the bubbles. Who was y'all breakout player that? Uh, during the bubble. I know we had TJ Warren. I know we had Michael Porter Jr. But I, I guess, I mean, we know the breakout players, but who you think will just looking forward to next season, who's going to, or even in the playoffs, if that's your breakout player, will make the most impact towards the team? I mean, I go with the, the obvious. I will go with Devin Booker. Devin Booker, you know, led, they haven't lost in the bubble. They went 8-0. Unfortunately, they were too far behind to catch up and still had a chance on that last night. If it came down to literally one shot with uh, Karis LeVert missing that shot, if he made that shot, you know, this is a different story. You know, Devin Booker is fighting for a playoff, you know, spot last night, uh, Saturday. So, I mean, it's, it's really, it's really uh, Devin Booker and what he did with that team. You know, you don't necessarily think he has a second star, but he played out of his mind in the bubble. Yeah, I like I, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Ramon. Sorry. No, no, no. Like you said, I mean, D-Book definitely played out of his mind. He definitely took it to another level on the bubble. Um, and so I definitely agree with you that I think that that's one of the greatest takeaways. But I do think, too, that uh, Michael Porter Jr., you know, the way that he really broke out in the bubble to see his real, real potential, because what a lot of people miss in his recruiting class for years, Michael Porter Jr. was the number one prospect in that recruiting class for years. Um, later on, Marvin Bagley ended up reclassifying and, and took that, but it was kind of a one or two tip or tat type thing. But you always known about the talent with Michael Porter Jr. 
but the injuries got in the way. And so you started to wonder, are the injuries going to kind of cause him to not really reach his full potential? But even when we were watching it back then, we all agreed that Denver had got a steal when they snatched him up where they snatched him up in that draft. Because honestly, he was one of the most talented players in the draft, but they took a risk on him, um, you know, based upon the injury concerns. So I think that that's a big takeaway because I think that he can have, like, don't get me wrong, I think Jokic is a great player, is a star player. Murray is a great player. But, like, Michael Porter Jr. got something different to him than them. Like, something to me that can make Denver become a true contender. And I'm not saying on this bubble, I'm not 100% buying it just yet for them, but someone that can make them a true contender for years to come. So he will be my breakout. Yeah, I think uh, I have a couple breakouts, but I I guess for the podcast's sake, we would definitely want to kind of give the standout player that has been making rumblings in the bubble, and that's uh, T.J. Warren. Uh, T.J. Warren, honestly, I think – I don't know how he's been able to fly under the radar for so long, and – but I've been following him for a, for a couple of years just because I, when I was involved in basketball, fantasy basketball, which is garbage, I wouldn't recommend it for anyone. But when I did draft TJ Warren, you would notice he'll put in 30 points here. He'll, he'll do 20 points, seven and seven. I'm like, who is this cat named TJ? Like no one's talking about him in in his Indiana days. Um, what, um, uh, now he wasn't with Indy. Was he? Who's he he with might him? have been with Phoenix at the time. Was I'm he with sorry, Phoenix? Phoenix yeah, I'm tripping. Yeah. He's in Indiana now. Yeah, when he was with Phoenix, and I was like, who is this guy? But he can ball, you know, and no one ever talked about him. But now that we only had we had 22 teams and we was able to see basketball in the forefront, people and he there were, you know, Indiana was on TV almost every other day. He was able to really see how good he really is. And although he's a funny kind of breakout to me, because I don't really feel like he's a breakout, I feel like the talent has already always been there. But Phoenix didn't. Phoenix really didn't value him either because they traded him for cash consideration. So uh, he's a guy that I knew could ball, but I didn't know he could ball this consistently. And you know, Indiana, uh, you know, they tagging him on with when Oladipo gets back from his injury. Well, he's back, but when he gets back to himself, you know, Indiana's going to have a tandem uh, for years to come. And uh, interesting enough, off, to piggyback off that other one, a dark horse uh, breakout for me is Karis Levert. I think what Karis LeVert has done in this bubble, more specifically in a, in that game when they was competing with the Blazers to put to keep the Blazers from making the playoffs, is just the guy's sensational. Step back shot here. He can get to wherever he wants on the floor. He's a good ball handler. He can shoot the ball. Uh, it just lets you know, I mean, Brooklyn right now is, it, you know, due to injury, they're on their third team. They're on their third string players. They got They're discovering more and more talent. There because if you Spencer Dinwiddie can ball, you know, um, uh, Karis LeVert, like I just mentioned, Joe Harris can knock down shots. Now, when you add Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant into the fold, you're looking at a pretty competitive team for years to come in Brooklyn. And I don't think that we, I don't think that I, at least me, I, y'all, y'all may have known, but I, to me, I didn't see Brooklyn as a, a real talented team, but they are extremely, extremely talented. Even with them, even in a weak Eastern Conference, they have the, the way and the fashion that they've made the playoffs in this bubble. I mean, that's one of my teams that I'm excited to watch. But I do think that Karis LeVert really put people on notice that he he's more than capable of being that third man behind Kyrie and uh, KD, along with Spencer Dinwiddie. So they really got four people that can get they get their bucket 
any time that they want. That is almost scary to think about. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'll add to that. I love Karis LeVert. I think, you know, like you mentioned, he's long. He has handles like a point guard, but he's the size of a shooting guard. So, you know, I think he will be that guy. He will be maybe that Kuz. And speaking of Kuz, you know, he'll be one of my dark horse, you know, players that came to play during the bubble. You know, he was one of those players that he was trying to find his role all season before we had the hiatus, you know. And now that he had this opportunity and he started that one game when Danny Green was missing, he played well. And Kuz, you know, obviously hit that big shot to beat, uh, who was that, the Denver Nuggets. So, yeah. you know, I would really say, you know, Kuz was, is my dark horse player to really start showing his talents and showing that he can yeah. be that third player on the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. I feel like one more to even add to it, too, that's a little bit more under the radar because, you know, he's not necessarily, of course, like a star. But to me, someone that really showed up on the bubble um, is uh, Gary Trent Jr. I feel like Gary Trent Jr., the way he shot the ball in the bubble, the way he was scoring, I feel like he really helped the Blazers tremendously during this run. Like, you know, of course, I know they need the entire team, but, like, he was one of the ones, the key players that stuck out. We know Dame. Of course, what he does, you know, Dame just been on another level. We know what CJ has done. But to me, Gary Trent Jr. has been one of the most key pieces to that team. So I think that he showed something on the bubble that it's like, man, he's a valuable piece to anyone in the NBA at this point, any team to the NBA. Yeah, I agree. And you, I guess, you know, we can't mention Gary Trent without mentioning Carmelo and his impact that he's had in the bubble a lot of people counted him out, and it's just good to see him, you know, putting up 20 points. I mean, putting up 20 points consistently, and has proven that he can be a third fiddle or uh, even yeah. fourth fiddle to CJ McCollum and, and Dame. They're a well built team, uh, well built team, and they've given fits. Yeah. Um, so the NBA just they decided they're gonna do bubble awards. Are y'all a big fan of the bubble awards? I mean, me personally. It's eight games. Come on, man. Like, anybody can shine in eight games. But, I mean, Damian Lillard did – that gives us an opportunity kind of to discuss Damian and what he's meant to this bubble. The most exciting player to me has been him in this bubble and the way that he's been performing. He's averaging 37 points here in the bubble. Uh, he dropped 51 on the Mavs. I mean, keep in mind, you know, every game that they that they won up until the last the last five games, every game that they won, they had to win to stay on pace to make it to the playoffs, and which they ultimately did. But for him to drop 51 points on the 76ers and for him to go ahead and drop 61 on the Mavs uh, to ensure that they'd have an opportunity to get that eighth seed for that play-in game. And then we saw last, last yesterday afternoon that they went on ahead and they didn't make quick work of Memphis. Uh, and that's another team that we're going to discuss a little later. But they did ultimately overcome Memphis, and they find themselves in the AC. But Damian Lillard, MVP of the bubble. I will not discuss any other accolades for the bubble, but Dame in particular I will discuss because what he's done has been amazing. Uh, Damian Lillard, man, what, what, what do you guys think about his impact of the bubble? And, and do you all feel like, do you feel like this will continue or will he eventually burn himself out? No, I mean, I think his goal all year was to make it to playoffs. And you know, I saw a tweet from Nasir Little, you know, one of the young players on their team that said that Dame Lillard looked him in his face when they looked absolutely had no chance of making the playoffs and told him, we're going to make the playoffs, you know, and he did just that. So I think he's a man on the mission. And not to mention that whole 
thing with the Clippers and him missing those clutch free throws, all that did was add fuel to the fire. You know what I'm saying? That poked the bear. And once he, they poked the bear, he really, I felt like, switched into another gear. You know what I'm saying? And we all seen, you know, for the sports fans, the big sports fans out there on ESPN, after he made a clutch shot, you know, I forgot who they were playing exactly, but he said, put some respect on his name. He had some other stuff in there, but he <laughs> said, put some respect on his name. You know what I'm saying? So he right now, he is he, he's always had that chip on his shoulder because he's came from a small school. You know what I'm saying? And he always felt like he had to prove himself. In, in his early years in the NBA, he was one of those players that should he make the All-Star game? Should he not make the All-Star game? The fans and the fans, the, the constant fans always thought he should be in the All-Star game, but he was always one of those substitutes that some players fell out or something like that. Now he's a consistent All-Star, obviously, but at the beginning – he had to fight for that. So he had to fight for everything that pretty much he had to that he's gotten this far. And I can just see him going far. I mean, I don't see him going far in the playoffs, but I, I feel like his mission is complete. Yeah. Hopefully his mission does stay complete. <laughs> but <laughs> but um he Dame has definitely been playing uh at another level, man. He's been playing at the highest level I've ever seen him play. And it's literally to the point that you know, sometimes when you, you know, you watch like Steph throughout the course of Steph's career and like every time Steph shoots the basketball, you feel like it's going in. And I feel like now when I'm watching Dame, literally every time it goes up, I'm thinking that it's going in. No matter if it's going up from uh, being a layup or him shooting from 40 feet, you feel like it's going in. Like his confidence right now is at an all-time level. Like he can beat you in so many different ways. I remember watching him and seeing him just pick and roll the Mavs to death, get Porzingis out there and just blow past him play after play. But then if you feel like, okay, we're going to start trapping him when he come across half court, he'll take one step past half court and pull it. Like it's pretty much nothing that you can really do to defend him at this point. Like you want to get the ball out of his hands, obviously, but he's just been on another level right now. Like he's a man on a mission. You know, even like Los was saying that tweet, that reminded me so much of like what Kobe said back in 2013. Like Kobe had that literally that same type of mentality um, as Dame and said he was going to wheel his team to the playoffs and Dame comes years later and does the same thing. And so he's just been on another level. It's really nothing that like one-on-one defensively, I think that anyone can do because he just, he's so good at even his change of pace. You get up on him, he's blowing past you at this point. And then also, two people look at the way that Dame is scoring, but he's still facilitating as well. Like, he still is setting up his guys for easy look, you know, and I can't tell you how many times I've seen Nurkic miss a layup on this bubble. Um, and I hope that trend continues, obviously. But <laughs> Dame is just on another level right now. And like you said, they poked the bear, and he has been awakened, and, like, he just seems unguardable right now. And, and and to this point, just like a, even a quick question for y'all, like where do y'all think Dame ranks now among players? Like is Dame a top five player in this league at this point? Is he still top 10? Like where do you have Dame in this league? Uh, it's tough for me to put him in my top five. Um, and he's one of my favorites. Uh, I, I definitely, I think he's in my top 10 for sure. Yeah, I think really it'll take a championship for me to put him in the top five, you know, just to okay. be fair right now. Um, but top 10 for sure, you know, he's right outside of that top five for me just because I like his mentality. I like what he does. I like that he's no, he's not the type to, you know, really go at you unless you come at him. But, you know, he just, he earns his respect. So because of that, I'll say he rounds seven, eight for me. 
Got you. I yeah, and that. I mean, for me, he's probably six. Yeah, yeah, I but, think I have him more around that, some somewhere six to eight range. What's the like, more interesting question right here is that as a point guard in this league, what do you rank him? And I know for years, I mean, I think even even recently, earlier this year, I recall the conversation me and you had, Ramon. And I think that we, you know, people put was putting Steph ahead of him. Now, I understand it. You know, let's think about it for a second and listen to what I'm about to say. All right. We can agree that Steph for the past half decade has not really had we've been we haven't been privileged to to see the pressure that Dame has been under this past season. Now as a as a talent, yes, Steph is is Steph is the greatest shooter of all time that we've ever seen in NBA history. But we've never seen we've never seen Steph have to will a team to the playoffs. He's always had Clay, he's always had uh Draymond Green, he's always had exceptional teams even, you know, dating back, you know, he got KD. We never really had to see we never really have seen Steph operate under pressure. Uh, as Dame has, Dame has willed this team to the playoffs. So my question to you does in the rankings as well. I don't know where you got Steph at. I think you probably got Steph number one point guard in the league. But a, yeah. <laughs> but Dame Dame is up there, man. Dame, Dame, Dame is. I, I'm not. I'm no longer like I used to have to kind of when I used to try to put place Dame ahead of Steph. I you know I used to be like man, I used to be like man, are you serious? You give me the looks y'all giving me now. But now I think it's much closer than what what people are making it. I mean, because Steph has always had the privilege of having a great team. He's played on two of the top teams in NBA history, not just in the past decade, in NBA history. He's played on two great teams. So we've never seen Steph operate under this type of pressure. Right. I, I get it. I like your point. I like your argument, all that. But Steph is still the best point guard in the game. Still, we we got to realize, don't get me wrong, Dame has gotten better, and Dame has taken it to another level in this bubble and all that kind of stuff like that. But these two just matched up last year in the Western Conference Finals. Do you want to hear what Steph numbers were against Dame in the Western Conference Finals last year? Yeah. Talk to him. 36 and a half points, 8.3 rebounds, 7.3 assists. Talk you want to him. know what Dame averaged? 22.3 points. 4.8 rebounds, 8.5 assists. And who Steph, when, who Steph had on his team? Huh? Who did Steph have on his team? He had Clay and Draymond. He didn't have KD. KD wasn't playing. Mm. Uh, KD wasn't playing. And Steph, mm, was, that, Steph they swept. That, they swept them. Is that mm. the year that they went 73, 73 and No, two? that was literally last. They literally last year when they matched up in the Western Conference Finals, mm. they swept them. Four mm. nothing, and Steph was unguardable yeah. that series. He matched up with Dame. This was literally just last year in 2019, and he was watching him. Don't get me wrong, Dame is great. Dame is excellent. Dame is the second best point guard in the league to me right now. But just because we haven't seen Steph in this bubble or seen Steph healthy this year, oh, we can't forget who Steph is, man. I'm not saying in the bubble. I'm not saying because of the circumstances. I'm just saying, has he ever been in a position where? His squad, I don't. It, it's different. Like when you play sports, we've all played sports. It's different. You operate different when you have the luxury to operate differently. Like I think that we've seen Steph, and he's freeling because he's always been on a great team with a, with a bunch of shooters. So you know, it, I think he's been operating in a, in a way that you know, okay, he's talented. We know, but he's been built for success. Now this team that he has right now 
if you put Steph on this team, you think that Steph could do what Dame has done? <laughs> I'm gonna let you tackle that, Lowe's. I'm gonna let you tackle that, Because I mean, if we go player to player, player by player, is CJ McCullum? Uh, is CJ McCullum who Clay is? Oh no, I mean Clay is I mean, a better player. CJ McCullum's they, good. Yeah, they're still all stars. They both all star players. That's what I'm, no, I'm saying talent-wise. I mean, I don't, I'm not worried about all Talent-wise, CJ yeah. can break you down better off the dribble and create more for himself is, than Clay. So you, you won't – so you, Clay's better than CJ. Say, I, I agree with that as a, as a okay, whole player. Okay. Clay is better than so CJ. I'm just, I'm just but, saying, in a, in a way, I'm not, I'm not about to go on and on because I know I understand Steph is the number one. If you want to play some there, I'm not going to argue that. But for anybody that was to put Dame ahead of Steph, I They would be wrong. I can understand. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone that would put David for a step would be wrong. I think it's too. I think it's too premature, man. It's. I mean, I understand where you're coming from with Dame Lillard, and I. I love the player as a player, and what he's been doing is out of his mind, and what he's been. But we gain. I, I just feel like we soon, too soon, to forget what greatness is and what Steph has done. I know you had a personal thing with Steph. No, no. <laughs> At one time, all that's game. A story, that's a story for another episode. Right. But I'm just saying, listen, hit me out. Hit me out. Hit me out. I think what Steph has done historically, numbers-wise, right now, if the man leaves today, he's automatic first ballot Hall of Famer, period. Yeah. And that's hard to argue with right now. Right now, I just say we got to get a man of roses and what he's done, give him his flowers now of what he's done. We have not seen him in a while, so it's easy to say that. Oh, but I just feel like he right now is a better player than Dame. So, I think when I think when oftentimes when we compare players, it's like we minimum minimizing their greatness or it appears to be. If I'm coming off that way, I'm not I'm not trying to say that Steph. I recognize that Steph is one of the greatest players we've ever seen. He changed the way we even play the game. All I am saying, and which y'all have y'all have yet to prove me wrong, is is that Steph has not been under the pressure, at the same pressure, or I had to, or had have had to operate under the same pressure that Dame is operating under. That's all I'm saying. I can, it's I just can hard to, yeah, it's I can, hard. Yeah, I can partially <laughs> agree with. I can partially agree. <laughs> we sound like a broker. It, it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> Lois, you go ahead and get yours. I, I, you go. Chime it's, in. I mean, it's hard to say that. I mean, I understand when your statement that you're saying under the pressure. You feel. I feel like that statement is more so. Dame Lillard has to had to be the man more for his team in order to for them to be great. Exactly. On that side, okay, I get it. But when you say for the pressure, my boy Steph has been on the biggest stage and won in the biggest stage with before KD came there under pressure facing a good LeBron team and won you know what I'm saying multiple times you know what I'm saying so it's hard to say yeah. the pressure thing in that situation and and then too I'll even break down something statistically so we look at the the series last year or whatever when they played each other when they faced off remember that was the the KD list version of the Warriors but also too we got to remember that Warriors team really because of what they had to sacrifice money-wise to have KD, that took away all that depth that they had from that 73-win team. So really that bench last year was was awful. KD was hurt. And then you look at the fact that also Boogie was hurt. So if you look at the two teams, I'm going to tell you right quick. Second, leader score, second leading scorer for the Warriors was Klay Thompson with 21.5. Dame's second leader scorer with C.J. McCollum, 22 points. Third leading scorer was Draymond Green for the Warriors, 16.5. 
Dame's third leading score, uh, the one that's third leading score on the team, averaged 17.7 points. You look at fourth leading score, 10 points for the Warriors. You look at the same thing, 10 points for the Blazers. So what I'm saying is production from the next three guys that came behind them was actually very comparable. In that series, Steph just showed that he still at that point was at another level than Dane. So if you really go back and look at that series statistically, it's not like Steph was playing with this ridiculously great squad of the Warriors last year. Like it had come down to basically, of course, you have what Clay can do. You have what Draymond can do. The rest of that squad was honestly pretty trash. If we just so, go back so and look at it. saying that Steph had, has, has had to operate under the pressure that Dame has done. Yeah, I'm saying it is as closer. Like, I, I agree that Dane might have had a little bit more, but I'm saying it is closer than what it looks like because if we take into account what that Warrior squad truly was last year in the playoffs. And my argument is, is just basically I want people to stop side-eyeing me when I when they act like it ain't close. Because the way the way Dane, the way range-wise, they got the same range-wise. Shoot, shooting wise, okay, you know, you probably get that inch to Steph because he's everything he throws in pretty much goes in. Ball <laughs> handling is questionable. You know, both of them are pretty good ball handlers. You know, so I mean that that's my thing. I, I think it's closer than what people would like to give. But I mean to me, my number one point guard in the league is Damian Lillard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. I, I'm gonna let you rest on that, bro. I know Dame is your we guy. Number bro. one in number one in the bubble. Number one in the bubble. Okay, I'll fix that for you. Yeah, right, right. So, number one in the league. Number one in the league. I'm All gonna right, let you have so, it. So now, so now that we have Dame in his position, like I mentioned yesterday afternoon, we had the NBA's first play-in game. I like that for him, man. You saw guys compete. You saw Ja Morant score his. Uh, career high, which was 36 points, which I was surprised. I thought he had surpassed it at some yeah. point, but I mean, more even he's more of a facilitator than a score. But he showed he had a good good showing last yesterday afternoon. But ultimately, what I didn't want to see, which the Grizzlies had every opportunity to win, the Blazers snagged that AC, and they will be facing our Lakers, number one Lakers. Speak on it, guys. That's the one. Yeah. That's the Western Conference one in AC. Right. So I would say this has to be in history of the NBA, the most unvaluable, if that's a word, unvaluable, number one seed. Invaluable or unvaluable. Whatever. Whatever. (laughs) You know what I'm saying. The number one seed doesn't mean what it meant the year before. You know what I'm saying? With obviously no home court advantage like you was. There's no traveling to – you know, you get your home cooking when you go to your home, your home stadium and things like that, your home gym. So, you know, it's going to be a difficult series, I think. You know, a lot of people, you know, got really right now got the Blazers beating us, which is to me is crazy, you know. But again, we haven't played that well, so I get why people are saying that. Um, but I see the series going six games. My prediction is this series goes six games and the Lakers find a way to tap into what they had before the season stopped, you know, find a way somehow, you know, and I will say this, this is what scares me about the series. Bradley Avery was our guy. You know what I'm saying? He did so much for our team that now that we're missing, he will be that guy that maybe he would not stop Dame. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that, but he may be in a clutch situation, get a key stop, things like that. Get us on fast break. Our team is built on pushing the pace, right? 
a lot of that is based on us getting stops. If we're not getting stops, then it's not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? We're not running. LeBron is not in the open court. He's not throwing those lobs to AD. He's not throwing those full court passes to AD. A lot of the stuff that we, those easy buckets that we like to get aren't happening. So we're going to have to find that player that's going to be able to give Dame at least some discomfort in the series. I don't know if that's Caruso. I don't know if that's Caldwell Pope. I don't know if we put a longer coups on him. I really don't think we have an answer, you know, and that's what scares me about this series. And that's what I wanted. That's why I wanted to avoid the Blazers because we don't have a point, a player to stop a point guard. And Bradley Avery was that player to do that. Or Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley. <laughs> I was about to say, you mixing it up, saying it backwards. But, I mean, y'all know what I told y'all yesterday, man. Lakers in five, man. I'm, I'm not buying the hype, man. I'm not buying the hype with the Blazers. I think that they are a solid team. But if we really look at them in the bubble, I mean, it was a lot of very close games. It wasn't like they were taking it two teams. They don't play any defense. I saw, first of all, we know John Moran, and John Moran is special. But John Moran was getting to the, to the rim at will when he wanted to. I saw Brandon Clark getting to the, wheel, the rim yesterday. You think if Brandon Clark getting to the rim, that LeBron not getting to the rim whenever he wants to? Get to the rim. You could get like, to the rim on the Blazers. Uh, I ain't going to say all that. <laughs> but I'm just saying, though, honestly, bro, like, honestly, they don't play defense, man. I, I think that they're a, a good team, a talented team. But then the thing about it, too, man, Mellow Leg's about to be gone this series. Think about who has to defend LeBron. Who on the Blazers has to defend? It's Mellow. Mellow got to defend LeBron. So where are his legs going to be? He ain't going to be able to shoot the basketball. His leg's going to be gone. It's going to have to be Dame consistently dropping 50-plus points, honestly. I really don't see it, man. I think that LeBron is about to kick into playoff Brian mode. I think that AD is about to take it up to a notch. He got experience sweeping the Blazers. He's done it before. Um, and so Lakers in five, man. I'm not buying the hype, man. I, I, I didn't, I'm going to be honest. Portland is not the team that I wanted to see, honestly. But I'm still not buying the hype because they don't play defense, man. Well, I, I like what uh, you're saying, Ramon, and I'm not going to speak against you. I know we've been we've been uh, we've been uh, having our debates this episode, but I'm not going to debate you on this. You know why? Because we stand both in Laker Nation. <laughs> so I agree with everything that you say, and I'm going to move on to the next round of playoff seating. So over there in the East, which I want to do East and West. Like I want to do the West and then hop to the East. Or does it doesn't matter. Let's knock out the West and then hop to the East. All right, so the West, we got the number two seed, the L.A. Clippers, and then we got the Dallas Mavericks. So we got Luka Doncic making his playoff debut. And then we got we got uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. They, they're no stranger to the playoffs. We got that face-off going on. Um, real quick, guys, I mean, how many games y'all see this going? Uh, I'll, that's going five games. It's not going to be a series. Gentlemen sweep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Clippers. Clippers in five. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree with Clippers in five. I think that uh, this is an uphill battle for the Mavs. I think that the Mavs are a promising team, of course, for the future. Luka and Porzingis are going to be a great duo going forward. But, man, the Clippers are tough, man. <laughs> There's no way around it. The Clippers are tough. They're, built, they're, they're, the, they're, the, they're the best built roster um, in the league right now. I agree. I agree. Hands I down. Mean, outside of, I would, I would say Brooklyn, but you know, I think when KD and Kyrie get back, I think they will be, 
But man, this Clippers team, they loaded. Um, I, I do, I, I agree. I think it's gonna be quick work. I think, I think it's gonna be a sweep. I don't think Dallas is gonna get a game. I think Luca's gonna, Luca's gonna have to do a lot, a lot. And not, not that he's not capable. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. He's a special, special talent. But I think that it's gonna have to be 42, 13, yeah. and, and and 12, something ridiculous that he'll have to average for them to get. Yeah, I think that the Mavs' offensive firepower will get them a game. Like, they are one of the top-scoring teams in the league and the way that Luka can score if Porzingis is playing kind of how he played late yeah, in the bubble. Smith and, uh, and Hardaway, if they catch Yeah, him, you know, Seth yeah. been shooting it well. Like, I think that they can catch a game, but outside of that, man. And, that's, and Ramon, that's if – and that's if the Clippers – like, the Clippers have good shooting too, so <laughs> – I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, I don't see him getting the game. I, I know, man. I, don't I, know. I, I can see it. I can see it. I so, so next we got uh, the third seed, which is the Nuggets. Is it the Nuggets? Yeah, Nuggets. The Nuggets and the, and Jazz, the Jazz, I think, which will be a, a really good series. I'm going to be honest with you guys. These are two teams I don't enjoy watching. I'd rather watch paint dry. But it, I, I think, agree. I think it will be a good series. But it's just – they just – it's just they're just not fun to watch. I don't know why. Like I don't like Jokic. I, I realize he's a remarkable talent, but I just don't enjoy watching him play. It's like Tim Duncan. Like you don't you respect him. You he's the powerful ever play game, but he's not fun to watch. And I think that's what that series. But I, I think that that series will go uh, six games, and I think the Nuggets gonna take it. Yeah. So I, I like the Nuggets as well. And actually, I got the Nuggets as a dark horse to beat. The Clippers, man. The reason why I say that is I think they have all the ingredients to beat them. You know, they were missing Gary Harris. They were missing, um, you know, uh, can't think of his name. Uh, Small Ford. I'll come back to him. Talking about Michael Porter? You're not talking about Michael Porter. No. um, Gary Harris and they both set out. um, Not Will Barton? I don't know. Yeah, Will Barton. Yeah. So, yeah, they both were sitting out. Um, And then, you know, you add that with Michael Porter, obviously, and then you've seen what Jamal Murray can do on that team. So I think they are a deeper team and Bobo can give you a good five, 10 minutes, you know, being just a body you can throw out that and occasionally give you five, 10 points here and there. So, I, I mean, I think they have all the ingredients. They're younger. That's the only thing that's really working against them. They have some key players that are younger, but I like them as a team. I, I don't know. I, I think they, they did, they built their team the right way. You know what I'm saying? They one of those teams that, you know, beforehand, they really kind of slowly was coming along, but they drafted well. They, they sign free agents well, and I think they're going to be a fun team if they're able to keep that nucleus together going forward. They're just like one of those teams that's not being talked about. I know Dallas and their two stars is being talked about a lot, but I really like what they put together with that team, and I think they're dark hearts to give the Clippers fits. Yeah, yeah. and Gary Harris, like you mentioned, uh, he came back off an of injury in the bubble, and he hadn't missed a beat. Dude came back balling, so – yeah, that is a, a piece that they. Yeah, were. no, and, and I do agree, man. I think that um, I think that the Denver, I think they'll actually make pretty quick use of Utah. I think that Utah is to mm. me the weakest team in the uh, in the Western Conference playoffs. Honestly, I think that I think that'll probably be. He's on Donovan, and he's been yeah. very inconsistent in the bubble. Yeah. So if, if he if he played, but if he plays like he played in his last game where he led him in overtime, and you know, I think they fell short. It was against the Nuggets. Um, yeah, I, yeah. If you play like that, I mean, they might have a shot. Too. Yeah, I think that they, I think it'll be a five or six game series. Definitely won't go past six. I would probably put it right at five. 
Uh, but I think Denver is just a better team than them. But like you said, it's going to be one of those series that honestly probably while their games are on, like I'm going to watch them, but I'm going to be looking at my phone like half the time while I'm watching, honestly. <laughs> they always do. You look at your phone, you look up, oh, it's halftime. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, I I, I, I agree, man. So let's move on to that fourth, four, five, which is very, very interesting. The Rockets against the Thunder, which which makes it interesting, just a little background for the listeners that may not be informed. The Rockets traded Chris Paul to the Thunder. And as we know, Westbrook, who is pretty pretty much a Thunder great, got traded to the Rockets. So it's a flip-flop of teams. But not only that, we learned through the media that these two teams are, are living in the same building in Florida. So things are getting real interesting down there in the bubble. I think that that's my favorite first-round matchup to tune in outside of the Lakers because those boys are going to go hard. And one thing about Chris Paul is that I wanted to – I'm going to take this time out to discuss it a little bit. It's just he didn't want to be there. He wanted to get traded out of there. But if you see how Chris Paul – if anybody has any problem with me saying that Chris Paul is one of the greatest – oh, we said this last – oh, no. (laughs) But he's one of the greatest point guards of all time, one of the greatest point guards of all time. He took this team, he took those young guys, he got Alexander rolling and those boys, and they are really, really competitive. And I was thinking I was telling Los a couple months ago, I was like, this is one of the teams that's scary in the bubble because no home court advantage, they're going to play tough defense, and they're going to they're led really, really well by a point guard that really understands how to make people around him better. So I'm really interested in the series. Ultimately, I feel like if Harden play like he's been playing in the playoffs for the past – years that we've been able to see him, they might have a tough time with the Thunder, man. Yeah, I don't I don't see the Rockets beating the Thunder. I what? got the Thunder. The Rockets not beating the Thunder. And How many I, games you think it's going? I think it's gonna go six or seven, but I, I'll say six, but I think the Thunder going going to win this series. Well uh, one thing that, think, that that we much mentioned Lowe's to what you're saying for our listeners, Westbrook won't be available Right. For the first couple weeks or so of this series, they didn't say how long, how much time, how many games he would miss, but he won't be available for game one. So, so yeah. So, I mean, I've seen things like this happen before. So, what that means is um, we, get in, we get into a situation where we go up 3 0, or 2 0, we probably won't see Russell Westbrook this first series. In their mind, they probably like to work, rest him, but they won't say that, come out and say that. You know what I'm saying? They get down 2-0, then Russell might push the envelope to play or something like that on this leg because we know Russell Westbrook has that mama mentality of playing through injuries and things like that. It's just unfortunate when the injury happened. But, again, I got the Thunder winning the series. Yeah, I think that this does come down to Russ's availability and how soon he can play. If Russ is out for an extended period of time and if it's not a situation like you say, Lois, where, hey, they get down 2-0 and then they bring him back, then I think that – you know, I would definitely favor the Thunder in this series and would probably pick the Thunder in six. If Russ is there, man, it, it, it's a whole different dynamic if Russ is playing, honestly. Now, one thing that I will say, too, man, Steven Adams is about to kill the offensive glass in this series. Like, can you imagine how many offensive rebounds Steven Adams is about to get in this series? Like, it's about to be crazy. So, like, with everything as they stand right now, I favor the Thunder. Of course, I do think, actually, I think Harden is going to play well in this series. Like, I think we're going to see the Harden that's averaging close to that 40 points per game. I think that's the James Harden where we're going to see. So we're going to have to see him do that. We're going to have to see Austin Rivers. Of course, he's not about to drop 41 like he did the other game, but have closer to those kind of performances in Russ's absence. 
but it's tough because I think that just as a team, the Thunder are built out better as a team, as a unit right now than the Rockets. Um, so I would pick the Thunder as everything stands presently in six. But if things change with Russ, that flips the series for me. I agree completely, brother. So you got the the Thunder, the Rockets winning that series, man. What, how many games? Yeah, I, I got the um, Thunder. I'm gonna say Thunder in six. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Thunder. I'm gonna say Thunder in six too. That's Most a cl- clean cross the board. Th- thunder and six. Okay, man, we agreeing on everything right now. I don't, I don't know how. Yeah, seven, seven, not right with it. We we about to shake it up in the east, probably. No, we not. <laughs> I was hoping to get through the east in like two minutes because they don't probably have- will. <laughs> yeah. All right, so Bucks and Magic. We're not gonna waste our time. That's gonna be a sweep. Yeah. Uh, we got <laughs> we got the Heat and the Pacers. No, I'm sorry. Am I going in order? Are you trying to go straight to the two, the two seven, or are yeah. you, which two seven? That's gonna be Toronto and um and Brooklyn. Yeah, I'm tripping. Toronto and Brooklyn. I see Brooklyn getting one game. Yeah, Brooklyn can definitely get a game. They play hard, man. And Karis Levert is the truth. They'll get a game, I think. No, yeah, they, get they get swept. They get swept clean. Clean. I, I don't even know why y'all even playing around with this. I like, think they'll I, get a, I'll I'll like, them a game. Get a game. No, this is why, man. I seen. What Toronto did to us the second game we played them, their defense, yeah. what Kyle Lowry do, his canny ability to get to the free throw line. I really just think they are a team that's just really – they made the second seed that they still flying under the radar. And that they are underdog coming out of the East. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. that, I know that sounds crazy after they lost Kawhi. People had them dead in the water. But I really don't see them. I see them doing light work with <laughs> Brooklyn Nets, sweeping them. And not even having it close, man. Like, yeah. they might have a game where it's close because of what the talent Brooklyn have. But I feel like, you know, in those close situations, a lot of that team has been in these depressive situations. I think they make light work of the Brooklyn yeah. Nets. It's crazy to think about the fact that, like, Kawhi has gone from there and their win percentage this year was actually better than it was last season. Like, that's crazy to think about. When you're a well-built roster, which is a credit, we, we, we gave him his roses on a couple of episodes ago. I can't uh, think of his name. Masai Ujiri? Yeah, Masai. When you think of a GM that can build a team that well, that's what happens. You you know, you, you, you got a bunch of guys that, that's believing in, that's uh, bought into the culture, and you build a, a great roster. That's what happens. Um, So we go to the third seed, right? Yeah. Is that the Heat and the Pacers? Nah, that's the, um, that's the 70 – that's the um, Boston-Philly series. Boston and Philly, man. I, I, I think that's going to go to – Mm, I think that's gonna go six games too. I think I think uh, I'm gonna go six games. I'm gonna go. Uh, I think Boston gonna win it. Um, these teams are very familiar with each other. They play each other almost every year in the playoffs. So I feel like that's why it's gonna go to sixteen. But I think Boston gonna win it. Boston in five. Yeah, I got five. It's hard without Ben and yeah. You know, all it takes is one little a fly to land on land on Embiid, and he's out for the game. So it's right. not personal, man. <laughs> It sounds personal. Think of that dude, man. How much money I pour into that dude on daily fantasy and putting him in my lineup. <laughs> now it comes out. <laughs> it's a sickening, bro. It's like he gets hit in the eye and he's out for the game. He gets <laughs> he gets stepped on. He out for the game. It's just you know. Yeah, yeah he, 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 screwed, he screwed me over my DFS too, man. Uh, I started him, paid like fifty five dollars for him, and he didn't make it out the first quarter. So, and man, Al Horford said he' about to cook in this series, <laughs> basically his whole team. 
<laughs> he about to cook in this series. I don't know if he's capable with them stiff <laughs> Oh, so y'all yeah. don't believe in that. All right, I got you. I got you. No. <laughs> so we got the Heat and the Pacers. That another inch, very intriguing. I think it's gonna be a battle, but I think the Heat get, take that in six too. I think they take it in six. Yeah, I think I think that would be a more interesting series. I can see it even sneaking a seven game. I'm gonna say Heat. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Heat in seven. I'm gonna say Heat right. in seven. I think it goes seven. I can't. I can't wait to see like Jimmy yeah, Butler and TJ Butler, Warren man. going back and forth, man. I don't know who has the, my favorite. Their my favorite mentality right now is either Jimmy Butler or Dame Lillard. I'm leaning towards Dame, but Jimmy truly believes that they could win it all. And when I told Los this too, before the bubble started, I was like, man, the Heat is a scary, scary, scary team. You got a good defensive team that plays together. They don't care who succeeds. They don't care how many shots they put up, but they're going to defend the perimeter. They're going to defend, get rebounds. That's the team that's in this AAU setting. That's the one that caters to this type of setting the most. And I think the Heat are going to – now, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw the Heat in the in the conference finals, to be honest with you. Right. So, I mean, beat them. no, I mean, I see that. I can see the Bucks end up beating them, um, you know, before they get to that conference finals. But they are the team that's going to – I think they're going to catch them at the right time, you know. Um, I think they have the team that's built – to for players to face Giannis, right? They have Derrick Jones, they have um, Iguodala, they have Jimmy Butler, so they have a few players that they can throw at. Um, not even to mention their center, um, that his name is escaping me right now. I, when Bam they, out of bio? Yes, Bam. They even had Bam playing against him, which is a different because Bam is not your traditional center, right? He's a long. He's like more of a uh, you know shorter you know six eight six nine center that's athletic that but can still finish at the rim so he's long enough to stay with Giannis so they have that team that's built around guarding their two stars you know uh with the Bucks so I could see them giving the Bucks fits down the road yeah I think I think they'll give them fits man but but Giannis is is that dude right now man Giannis is a different level and I think that Giannis he's been year after year he's kind of been chipping that way at it year after year and I think this is the MVP. year, huh? That's y'all, MVP. <laughs> <laughs> right? I think that this is the year, though, yeah. that he gets to the finals, man. Yeah, I think when it, oh, yeah. I, I corrected. He's another one on my list, my favorite mentality list. Oh yeah, Giannis. Giannis. Yeah, yeah, I agree with it. Giannis has that Dang. old school, yeah, it's old Dang school mentality. Jimmy, yep, yep. So guys, I hope that you enjoyed the playoffs as much as I'm going to enjoy it. As for the listeners, I hope that you enjoyed as well. Make sure that y'all follow us on O underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure that you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you like to listen to your podcast. If you do feel inclined to leave a review, T-shirts coming soon, T-shirts and hats. If you like the, if you're able to follow us on O underscore Benchwarmers, you see that we have visuals of our T-shirts that we'll have on sale if you support us in that way. We also have the hats, Los hats, the hat is on backwards because that's his swag, but we also have those on sale as well. So, man, make sure that y'all following us. Uh, we appreciate all the support. We're going to head on out of here. Y'all make sure that y'all enjoy the NBA playoffs. If you're the listeners, we will have multiple, multiple episodes on the playoffs as they, as we see how they transpire. We appreciate our love and support. And until next time, we'll see y'all later. Later. later.